are listening to the Dradcast episode 96 with special guest John Hawkins. This episode of the Dradcast is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you're looking for the biggest, the baddest, the best WordPress hosting, look no further than the experts at Pagely.com. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of soft drink? Sit back and chill. Because the Dradcast starts now. Another day, another week, another Dreadcast. We are back. Dre, my man. How's it going? It's going really well. How are you? I am great. I am doing very well. You know, I was uh, actually I was on another podcast this morning. Yes, you were. Cheating on you a little bit, if you will. I know. I saw you freaking traitor. Cool. <laughs> um, I, was, I was doing a blab. I was blabbing. Over on blab.im yes. with uh, a gentleman be named with Davin. Like, yeah, Davin. That's a very that's a, that's a very different show. Uh, yeah. This was Blavin. <laughs> I was with Jonathan Tripp over there, and you know, I was talking about the Dradcast a little bit and uh, describing our last couple shows, and we've had some some pretty awesome episodes recently. Yes, I yeah, mean, and and a little bit different than our norm, you know. And well, one kinda... of the things that we've done, I mean, when you think about it, is extended beyond WordPress, which is where it originated. The whole premise of the show when we first started, geez, a few years ago was that that feeling of hallway discussion at a conference, right? We, we come from the open source world. We love that. We want to have that open dialogue with people smarter than us. And I think we're going to continue that, but just beyond the con- confines of uh, WordPress, which has been, I think, uh, eye-opening how amazing, you know, um, uh, of people we, we can get on the show. Yeah, I mean, if you if you didn't get a chance to listen to the last couple episodes, last episode ninety five was with Tim Faust. We talked about this is the guy that came up with the Ted Cruz is the Zodiac yeah. Killer meme. Um, I really so, had no idea what to expect from that show, and it actually got into some really really interesting stuff around memes and the culture of it and how they've existed for you know uh, well beyond the internet or well prior to the internet. Um, and live streaming hacked uh, video feeds, which uh, isn't. Uh it was pretty crazy yeah, and addicting. It's a good show, so definitely check out the last couple of shows. And that brings us to this show, which can only go downhill, right? Because we have one of our favorite guests on. He might as well almost be like a third host at this point. Because yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, uh, he's definitely been on more than anyone else at this point. He's like that our Ed McMahon. Is that is that what we're talking he, about? He here? is. He's like our yeah. He's like hey, our, <laughs> he's like our Joan Rivers. You know, filling in for oh, shit. Uh, uh, if you will, but let's let's welcome the show, John, Mister WordPress, WordPress Hawkins. Welcome back, buddy, for number five. Oh, really? Five? Wow, that's this, awesome! This Thanks is... for having me. And yeah, I was uh, I keep trying to figure out how to break up the word drad and add hawk into it somehow. So I just want to move in. Uh, I don't know. I haven't nailed it yet. <laughs> Definitely doesn't flow off the it. tongue, but Word, WordPress doesn't. sure does. It actually have a little. It does. WordPress. Word. Oh, yeah. I love it. WordPress. That was from episode two. Back then, we had the host kick off with a monologue, and John starts off by saying WordPress. It was the first word he uttered on this show, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's and been I... downhill from there. I was going to say, you know, I think we've pretty much brought that up in all five uh, episodes at this point. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're good. We've covered all bases. There nice are, chat with you guys. Later. Are, I'm out. And we're out of here. There's obligatory things. WordPress, pizza rolls, yes. word camps, <laughs> you know. There's things that we kind of talk about every show that you're on. In fact, so this is the second time we've had you on season three. Um didn't feel like that long ago, but I looked it up. It was before. It was back in December, so prior to the to the new year, we had you on, um, and a lot has changed um, since we I, I had you on last. I would say that is very true. Yeah, I had uh, had a pretty tumultuous uh, year leading up to 2016, and got rid of uh, you know sold my previous company, Nine Seeds, started uh, working at a startup. That crashed and burned. Uh, took a little time off and uh, wound up at this little company you guys might have heard of, Web Dev Studios. 
Oh, oh. hey, hey. Yeah, so that's that's exactly why I wanted to have you back on. So we could just talk about web dev. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it's we wanted to have you back on because it has completely changed from the last time we had you on. Um, and you're such a yeah. such a fun person to have on the show. We wanted to catch up and hear all about the new stuff you're working on, um, and and some stuff even outside of web dev that you got going on, which is pretty interesting. So um, why don't you tell us what you're doing these days? <laughs> so. I think, you know, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do kind of post nine seeds and then post uh, startup, um, I, I, I talked to you guys about it early on. I'm like, look, I could go get a job anywhere. Getting a job wasn't really what I wanted. I wanted to do something kind of fun, kind of big. And, um, you know, when when we started talking, the idea of kind of turning a plugins division that was going to be outside of the, the regular workflow of what web dev did on a regular day-to-day basis um sounded very interesting but uh, i think i kind of came in with my foot down saying all right look if you guys are going to only give me resources that are all already kind of tied up with client work that's not going to work i want to make sure that we do uh you know i've got my own set of resources and they belong to me and that sounded very interesting and um so yeah so for the past almost three months now holy cow i can't believe it uh, past three months, I've just been focusing on products, looking at what uh, WebDev already had, looking what we can do to extend some of those things, uh, make new and exciting toys to go play with. Yeah, and you know, I think that to that point around resources, that's a common pitfall for. Oh yeah. Um, at least in our space, a lot of people are wanting to get into products, and I, and and we'll get into a little more products discussion, I'm sure. But just the idea of. Uh, taking a company that maybe um, focuses more on services, building out websites and rolling out some products, I think, and this is a, an issue, a pitfall that we have had at WebDev for a number of years. We're like, man, we got all this cool code. Like, we should be releasing mm-hmm. this stuff, maybe even sell some of it. And taking something that you've built and actually getting it ready for production release is two very different, two different things, things man. and a lot <laughs> of work between the two. And yeah. I think you, you know, we, we did this too a number of times where we were kidding ourselves about the resources and saying, oh, well, when we have downtime, we'll work yeah. on this stuff, right? Well, it will never get out the door with that mentality right. ever. And we have a number of products over the years dating back, you know, five, six years ago that we started and never actually finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was. It I've was, used some of those. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things like if you're, you know, if a company is serious about this, you're right. You have to have those dedicated resources. You have to kind of dive in. You can't just dip your toe in and expect to have good results. It's physically impossible because every single time, you know, you're, you kind of, um, if you don't have that one division that is solely focused on that and kind of have numbers around that, then what ends up happening is you are always kind of, you're, you're kind of, stuck with the uh, the idea of the, the developer is immediately paying for um, his time by working on stuff that is billable etc da, da, da. It, it just doesn't it doesn't work to then go oh well, I'm gonna pull him off for five hours to go work right. on this feature because by the time that five hours is up you're like oh well you only did 35 hours of billable time this week wait a second that's not true. I, yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's such an easy pitfall to uh, to fall into over and over and over again. That yeah, that just wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been interesting to me, and I I wouldn't have been interested in the uh, in that opportunity if that was the way that it was. So I'm I'm really thankful that it worked out the way that it did because um, I'm having a really good time. This is it's very interesting. Um, I'm learning a lot as I go, and. Um, yeah, it's been, I, I have a great team, and it's been a lot of fun. And I get to work with you two yahoos all the time, so Aww. how could that be bad? Nothing like working with a drad on a day-in, day-out basis, right? I'm sorry, John. I apologize. I'll just apologize for the last three months right now. But, no, it's it's been a good time. And, I mean, this is one of those things where – um, we've always wanted to work together and we've had discussions back and forth and it, you know, the timing wasn't right or this or that, but it was like, I feel like we always knew at some point we always wanted something to work out. And I'm really excited that we're at that point now and it's, it seems to be going well and we're all having a lot of fun doing it. So, um, yeah, very, very excited, uh, Ditto. Ditto. with what we got going on over at Pluginize. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Pluginize and what, what, what you launched over there and, people can expect 
So Pluginize is, we wanted to definitely have kind of a bit of a marketplace that was outside of, uh, directly under web dev itself, because you really don't want to kind of confuse people when they come to your website. Oh, look, we're a big service company, but we've also got these products. Like, that just seemed like a very mm -hmm. dangerous route and probably would have hurt both sides of the business and wouldn't have been very good. So we started up Pluginize.com. And uh, even before it launched, my the first thing that I was uh, challenged with was the, the, the next major release of uh, CPTUI, which, uh, you know, open source plugin out there on the repo, 300,000 active users. Sure, go ahead. Run, the, run that as your first project and, uh, and don't screw it up. So that was fun. Um, I was pretty excited about that. It, it, it ended up going extremely smooth. I think we ended up with like one support ticket uh, within the first couple of weeks. So um, I was pretty excited with uh, how easily that went out, and that kind of gave me a bit more confidence that, yeah, this will be okay. This is going to work out. And then uh, then once we actually launched Pluginize.com, we did that at the same time that we launched the custom post type UI extended plugin which gives people the ability to take some of the CPT data that they've got uh, or even using a, other CPTs like uh, things from WooCommerce or EDD and kind of displaying that content in their pages and posts uh, in a real easy way without having to dig under the hood and get to some code. So it's been... It's been fun kind of working on these different uh, aspects of it and looking at uh, tools that we already have that are already popular, like CPTUI, and then figuring out, like, what's the next step for this plugin and what, what can we do to really make it something that um, kind of like novice users or what I like to call, you know, website builders, what they can use without having to get into uh, too terribly much code. So it's been pretty exciting so far, and I think we've got a lot more to uh, show over the next few months. Yeah, no, CPTUI, that was, it's kind of my baby, because that was the one I, I built and released. I actually released it prior to 3.0 coming out, WordPress 3.0, which was when custom post types were introduced. So when I first released it, it would only work if you were running, um, you know, the development version of WordPress. Um, but as soon as 3.0 came out, it blew up, because I knew people would need this. Most people aren't going to go into the code and register post types. That's just Right. scary to them and i get it right so it's a nice little ui for that so it's it's been neat to see it grow over the years and it has i think a million and a half downloads now like yeah i said three hundred thousand active installs so i mean it's it's still it's a pretty co uh, popular plugin i think it's in the top 100 um, yeah on wordpress.org which is pretty cool so it's neat to see it kind of grow up and and have this premium version come out that has you know one of the most requested features easily yeah of how to okay i registered it now what do i do with it you know <laughs> like how do i display this data so it's yeah, nice exactly. to be able to show people, hey, we have a way to do that now, and here it is, you know. Um, and I think it's a very reasonably priced premium product. Yeah, definitely, and it's super simple to use. And what I like about it is it's, uh, like, right out of the box, we, we now include templates for WooCommerce and EDD, like I said. But if you are a little bit more advanced, this is a really simple way for you to, like, you could set this up on a client site. You could spend half an hour, 40 minutes creating a quick template for some other data set that you've created and then you can hand it off to a client and then they could actually start adding the content into their pages and posts moving forward without ever needing any sort of like custom custom development to that point it would be i mean it's super simple to do it's ridiculous so yeah, it's really that's cool the, that's so definitely check out pluginize.com cptui extended see if it's something you might look to use um, and I think my favorite part about this story about you coming over to web dev is, you know, you were, you were away from the WordPress scene, right? And mm -hmm. that's, and now we kind of drug you back in You're back, right? Once you think you're out. But, um, I mean, it, to me outside looking in, you've always been a part of the WordPress scene. Always someone that I've enjoyed seeing at WordCamps, hanging out with over the years, talking shop, talking non-shop, whatever. Like mm -hmm. it, you were just someone I saw a lot because you went to a lot of WordCamps and then you were gone. You said you went to yeah. you, know, you went to the startup and you were out of it. You were out of the scene for for a while, you know, a good I part know, of last five, year. Six months. Five, six yeah. months, yeah. So but now you're back and you went you're back in the WordCamp scene. You were just at a WordCamp. Actually you guys were both just at a WordCamp last weekend. So how did that go? How did WordCamp San Diego end up? San Diego was good. I ran into Dre and literally saw him for 
three minutes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Bye, bye. And uh, yeah, that uh, he's like, hey, we should grab lunch, and then that totally just did not happen. But uh, you are you're a busy guy. It was um, so all of the kind of Southwest word camps for me are all kind of like a uh, old home week family reunion type thing, and uh, when I you know, kind of did drop off the face of the uh, WordPress earth there for a little while. Man, this weekend was, there was a lot of people to say hi to and chit-chat with, that's for sure. It was really awesome. I had a, a great, of, great time. A lot of awkward hugs and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, come on now. Long, awkward hugs. Now, that's, I mean, it's it's great. And I'm sure just like I, you know, I was I'm excited to know you're back in the community um, I'm sure all of the friends and, and people that you saw at the event were extremely happy to see you catch up. It was fun. Uh, you know, I got to check out a couple of really good sessions. Um, again, now, again, being kind of like dove head first into the kind of the plug-in space, uh, I really enjoyed Pippin's presentation, which, um, and by presentation, it was a non-presentation, which was fantastic. It was just ask me anything about plugins. And people were asking him things um, kind of about specific plugins that he has or how he did this or why he did that. And uh, I think probably my favorite part of his presentation was um, when <laughs> somebody would ask him a question like, hey, how do you guys handle the, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever? And his response was, I don't have a good answer for that. And, you know, it's it kind of goes to show that it doesn't matter what size company you're running. You know, he's talking about having, uh, you know, 1.5 million in uh, revenue from his plugins. But that doesn't mean he's got it all figured out. You know, he's he's just like the rest of us, just trying to get day to day. How do I how do I make this better? How do I kind of sort these different things out. So I really enjoyed that. And then um, Sam Hotchkiss, who is from Automatic, and he's, man, that guy's worked on some plugins. Holy crap. He says, I think he said he worked on like um, five of the top 20 most downloaded plugins uh, in on WordPress.org. So, I mean, he he knows how to grow plugins. That's for, for sure. He was talking about how he launched a plugin and had 5,000 users in his first month. Oh, I mean, I want to get to 5,000 users on a lot of things, but I don't know that I necessarily need them all showing up day one. Like, give me some, give me a chance to kind of work out some bugs here. Yeah, Sam's so, great. We actually had him yeah. back on. He, we had him on the show back on episode 79, which is almost nice. a yeah, buddy. year ago <laughs> today. A year ago in about three days. So, oh, um, awesome! Really, yeah. really smart dude. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, it was. It was uh, it was a great camp. Um, I was a little bit bummed. I wanted to uh, – I needed to get back on Sunday. So my plan was to go until noon and then drive back to Vegas after that. And, uh, yeah, they didn't actually start day two until noon. So I got to come home early. But other than that, awesome, awesome weekend. Couldn't have uh, picked some better weather, that's for sure. Holy crap. And did you get a chance to see the stank eye? That's really what all the buzz was about. Everybody wanted to see the stink eye. Was stink, was stink eye there, Dre? It was there. It was there, and uh, many people saw it. But I don't think that John saw think, the stink. Eye. I think Dre That's was not out. True. Dre was out. John charging tickets. Uh oh. You did uh -oh. see it. John saw it. Yeah, I was uh, walking to lunch, and walked right by because you. I don't know if you know this, but you parked about 25 feet from me. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, we might want to clarify to some listeners what exactly we're talking about here, because I don't want them yeah, assuming we're you know taking this out of context in any way. So, what what is Stink Eye? Yeah, we went from R-rated on iTunes to X-rated just uh, immediately. <laughs> uh, Stank Eye is a nickname. Uh, well, let's step back a second. Uh, Stank Eye is a, a, a term for giving somebody a dirty look uh, for mean mugging. And um, so I've built this Jeep over the last couple of years, and it's ugly. It's got a mean stance, so we nicknamed it uh, Project Stank Eye. And um, I had an opportunity in 67-degree weather with a light coastal breeze to drive it from my, my home about an hour from the WordCamp venue on Saturday uh, to and back home, which was just uh, it was gorgeous weather. So it was parked over there at uh, WordCamp San Diego. The stank. And I know a lot of people were talking about wanting to see the stank guys. So. <laughs> it's hard to miss. Holy crap, is it hard to miss. I love the fact that Dre has like decals of his face all over it, too. 
Like yeah, his well, face giving the stank eye are are plastered all over the chief. It's it's me uh, doing the stank eye, but you, there's also some uh, some nice advertising for some small company named Web Dev Studios. Ah, yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> awesome, man. That's 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 cool. So I'm glad you guys had a good time. It sounded like a pretty good event. Just watching from some of the tweets coming out, and I'm anxious to catch some of the videos uh, once they. I'm assuming they're going to My- hit. WordPress team. My challenge, uh, geez, was uh, I spent all day down there, and I did pretty good in terms of my eating. I've been on this uh, this clean eating diet. I've been exercising regularly. I missed open mat on Saturday, um, and uh, geez, I haven't I haven't been on the mat since Friday, which is crazy. Yesterday, I was over at the car dealership looking for uh, for a new car for for the wife, and I missed training again. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting out there today to do that. Now, John, you you yourself have been. Someone, and I think we talked about it the last time you were on the show here, the beginning of uh, of uh, season three of uh, Dragcast, around um, how awesome you feel uh, doing CrossFit and how that's become a re- really integral part of your life and productivity yeah. o- over the last uh, probably, what, 18, 24 months or so? Yep. Um, yep. And through that, uh, you've had some coaching opportunities, I think, uh, which is really awesome. Um, uh, over there, your, you know, your school or your team there, I'm not sure how, how you guys – kind of uh group group things together there but you've also worked to start a new um a new initiative online a new site to give people workouts of the day can you talk a little bit about waddables the idea behind it and the launch and how it's doing today so waddables came about because um kind of a really interesting confluence of time and just luck really um i was i was at the startup and at the beginning of december i knew things were not going well and i knew that uh come january 1 i was going to be out of a job and before i found a place to land i I decided that i really wanted to work on a project and my whole goal behind it was to uh put together something that was autonomous because i knew i was going to be getting a job at some point and i needed it to just run um so the idea behind it is this. So let's say you've got a couple of pieces of equipment at home. You've got uh, you got a, a, a box you can jump on. You've got some kettlebells, and you've got a jump rope. But you don't necessarily have all of the – like you don't have a weight set, and you don't have a bench press and all of those things. And so – what I wanted to do was I've seen a whole bunch of these other sites online that will send you a workout every day for you to work uh, for you to work out, and the. The problem with those is if you don't have the equipment for them, well, then what do you do? Then you just don't work out that day? Like, that doesn't seem right. So I put together Waddables, and the whole idea behind it is you log in, you let us know what uh, equipment you have, and then every day, based on that, we've got a a database of almost a 1,000 workouts at this point, and it will pick one of those workouts at random based on the equipment that you have and send you an email, let you know, uh, here you go, here's a workout that I know that you can do, Go do it. Now you've got no excuses. I, I, I I've signed up with Waddable and I get my email every day. And the, for the most part, the, the workouts are pretty reasonable. However, on occasion, <laughs> I get a workout that is literally like trying to kill me. The one I I think I tweeted you it was uh, ten thrusters, which if you don't know what they are, they they suck. Ten burpees, suck. burpees also suck. suck. Ten pull ups, and then fifty seven double unders with a jump rope. Um, 10 rounds of that. So you're talking <laughs> 570 double unders, 100 pull-ups, 100 burpees, 100 thrusters. I'm like I tweeted John like, "Dude, are you trying to kill me here? This is a, there's no way." <laughs> so well, I, I I had a brief conversation. I'm going to interrupt you here, John, before you can get a word in because I've I've heard rumor that Brad's not the only one. I had a nice conversation at Work Camp San Diego uh, with a mutual friend of ours named Brandon Dove. Yeah. And Brandon Dove literally almost did die because of your workouts. What's going on here, man? <laughs> so I reach out to Brandon and I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Good." So you still doing the Waddles workouts? He goes, "Well, I was until I ended up in the emergency room." Uh, he he did a workout, and so I'd ask him, "I'm like, you know, was it was it like a ridiculously crazy workout?" He goes, "No, not really." He told me what it was. And I don't remember what it was now, and it doesn't even matter. It was, it was not that big of a workout, and he had a problem where he basically couldn't get his heart rate back down. And so after like an hour 
of like this elevated heart rate, he finally decided he should probably go and have it taken a look at. But um, uh, everything turned out fine. He, probably his issue, uh, I think the doctors told him that he was probably dehydrated. I think he ended up not eating and not drinking before the uh, the workout and just kind of woke up and got right into it. And um, just not a good combo. And But you know what? That's a... Uh, <laughs> not killing your friends is something that uh, that I definitely want to do, and it, it's pretty entertaining because I have received a number of tweets uh, offering some very colorful language about um, you know why it is that I'm trying to kill them with uh, with the workouts. <laughs> but I will tell you, I, a lot of the workouts I did make up myself. Um, Brad, that particular workout, I did not make that one up myself so that Oof. that was something that somebody gave to me and I, I added it in there and yeah that one's brutal but yeah. you know this is uh it, it's it's funny that you kind of bring up the whole brandon thing because um back in december i hurt my back and i hurt my back doing something really stupid um and because of that i had to take some time off and for me finding crossfit and having that kind of become a part of my life has been an absolutely huge factor in not only my health, obviously it's, it's definitely keeping me in shape. Um, but I do notice that when, um, when I am working out on a regular basis, I eat better because I, I kind of feel I owe it to myself to eat better. Like if I'm going to be working out, I should probably be eating better and getting the benefit out of working out, not just eating for the sole fact of being able to go have a double, double. Um, but yeah, yeah I know. It's, oh man, I might have to go there right after this call. Stop it. Um, <laughs> but not only that, but it really has. Um, I'm finding that it's really helped me focus at work as well. Which having a hobby, normally my hobby has been writing plugins and building websites. So I leave work and then I go and do my hobby, which is also my work, which more is work. great. More work. Um, but now having CrossFit, which is completely non-work and non-technical in the same, non, it's technical, but in a different way, um, non-electronic being totally offline and just kind of having something else to wrap my brain around has been just absolutely huge for, for my focus and, and for my enjoyment at work too. Just, I, when I get down to working, I'm. I actually like what I'm doing again, which is something that I don't think I had there for uh, for a while. I think it's, you know, we talked about this on the last show. I think, Dre, you mentioned that, and it's a good episode. You should check it out. Um, but it's it's having, for me, it's like having something that's almost like a release uh, from anything, right? You, you, you Like, especially CrossFit specifically, and, Dre, I know you do jiu-jitsu, but it's, like, so intense that you can't think about anything else you know you can only yep. think about the moment that you're in and pretty much how bad it sucks and how you want to get through it right like it's not even an option before when i used to work out i'd be sitting on a treadmill um where literally your mind is just wandering and yeah it helped however i'm still sitting there just thinking about work like the whole time yep. but pushing yourself to the to your limits <clears throat> it's just there is nothing else you can think about but that moment and i think for me that helps gets the stress out you know, plus it's a healthy thing mm -hmm. to do and it's fun, you know, so I think it's it's awesome that you're doing it there, and a lot of a other people are. Yeah, absolutely. There's a regimen and a routine to it that has you focused, although there's physical uh, uh, pain, <laughs> what it sounds like <laughs> from you guys. The, there, there's a, there's certainly a mental attachment there, right, and a focus yeah. that needs to happen. That, that definitely – is the same case with jujitsu. They say it's ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. Some would argue a little bit different there, but and there's there's really bad times if, when you get put in a spot where you're getting choked the hell out. It sucks. It's it's crazy. You got to figure it out, right? Um, but it's it is absolutely a mental thing that um, man, you're, you're away from everything else. I mean, there's there's no problem or positive issue anything that's going on outside of the mat that that kind of uh, that you're really thinking about when you're on the mat. For me, right. Um, to the same token around injury, I, I tell you, um, that that's a that's a scary proposition for me because of the, the 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 importance in my life now of having that um, you know kind of getaway uh, man. Mm -hmm. If I if if I'm physically hurt and it's not allowing me to be on the mat like on a consistent basis, it mentally impacts me. Does that make sense? It's like something that oh, I, it drives me nuts, right? Like. Mm -hmm. 
Brad and everybody else, you know, well, you, for that matter, know me uh, for choking people. Um, <laughs> I, go to, I go to jujitsu to choke people, so I don't choke people, right? Like, it's this huge kind of uh, positive uh, thing. It's, it's, it's without it, man, um, I think I'd go nuts. So I definitely understand where you guys are coming yeah. from, man. I think in that, in that context, it's very similar. Well, I'll I tell you, we are moving along pretty quickly, and I want to go ahead and move into, Brad, what do you say this week's pressing topics? Choking them, Dre. Stand by. Pressing topics of the week. And you're on. Someone that's doing this in the WordPress space, I mean, I'm talking choking them, is, and, and just kicking everybody's asses, Saeed Baoki. This guy, he's he's probably like 12 years old now, right? 13? Um, no, he's probably in his early 20s, and this guy owns. <laughs> he's probably about to uh, retire. <laughs> yeah, well, he's probably already retired, and he's got he's bought a, you know robots to do his work for him. Um, Saeed from uh, WP Beginner and, and a myriad of other brands and products and services that he has started, that he's grown, um, and that he has provided a lot of value to a lot of people with. Uh, I recently acquired Google Analytics uh, plugin, which is, is uh, WordPress Google Analytics, which is a huge plugin by Yoast, who some know and revere as, uh, as the, the top SEO uh, name and expert, uh, specifically when it comes to WordPress and integrating that into millions of websites across the world. Syed and his organizations have uh, recently acquired it and renamed it Monster Insights. I can't see anything but um, upward, you know, movement and um, and value in this plugin and moving forward. Not that Yost wasn't doing an awesome job, but Syed just has a uncanny kind of uh, approach and and uh, seems to really kill things, uh, uh, kill it when he's when he's building things like this. What what do you guys think about this move? And does this tie into his suite and kind of overall set of products that he's that he's been uh, putting out to the public for a long time? Yeah. Yes, it does. I mean, um, I think it makes a lot of sense for Yoast to kind of let this go because his focus is around the SEO side. And while analytics are um, a good part of that, it's not the core focus of their business. It's kind of a, an afterthought, um, or at least it is now anyways. Um, so I think it, it makes a lot of sense for him to let it go. And I think t- someone like Saeed taking over also makes a lot of sense because if you look at some of his other products like Optin Monster, which is all about getting leads um, or getting you know newsletter signups, getting uh, emails, um, and then WP forms, getting people you know submitting forms, things like that. Like it really ties into that really nicely. Um, both yeah. of those products potentially, you know. So um, I could see I could see them making sure that all their products really complement each other very well. Um, to where maybe maybe they even start selling bundles. But um, everything that Saeed has released on the premium space for WordPress has really been top notch. So, you know, I really expect nothing, nothing less here. Yeah. And I think you really touched on it too, with uh, Yoast letting that go um, makes a lot of sense too, because I mean, he is so focused on the SEO side of things that, uh, you know, this, this does feel like a bit of a kind of an outsider in that uh, Mm -hmm. space. So probably, um, you know, thins his herd and makes it stronger at the same time. Yes. All I know is I want to know when Saeed is coming out with those um, um, those dress pants. He had some sweatpants, sweatpant dress pants that oh, he was going to put out. Wow. And I have not seen him launched yet, but I saw him wearing them at a word camp I think <laughs> last year. He was like, bro, these are what's happening, man. I'm going to put these I out. I need I'm some sure of those. Yeah. That sounds great. I just wear man. sweatpants and look like a bum all day. So I need to wear sweatpants <laughs> and look like I'm a professional. <laughs> oh, yeah. Professional bum. Ex- there we go. I'm excited to see where this goes. I mean, uh, it's you know, I think it's also interesting too, seeing how we're seeing not not a prolific amount, but we're seeing this more often where people looking to get into a certain space are actually acquiring yeah. um, plugins that are already the leader in that space. We saw it with uh, the security plugin and iThemes, and that's that's been a few years now, but. Um, they wanted to dive into the security side of things, so they, they ended up getting that plug-in. We're seeing it with Saeed here. Um, all that good stuff. So I think it's... Probably it's, haven't seen the last of it. Probably not. Um, so with that, I would say that that was this week's Mergers and Acquisitions. Mergers and Acquisitions. Which 
I think we're supposed to play that first, but you know, whatever. I love that you just have a audio clip for that just at hand. <laughs> Hold on a second, let me get that up. We use it so infrequently, I forgot until Drake said something. Oh yeah, we do have a clip. We should probably play uh, that. <laughs> well, there's something to be said about our brilliant segues uh, alongside oh. what some of these businesses in the WordPress space are doing most recently. Uh, one I'm really interested in and excited about being that there's a few different options when it comes to drag and drop page builders and plugins ar- around that, that type of behavior on sites. We've heard kind of some hit or misses, some near misses, some interesting growth in certain areas, but not as maybe – fleshed out as we'd like to see but recently beaver builder uh which is uh pretty interesting that the whole beaver came up again we were talking about this earlier it's passed a million in revenue after two years in business so we're talking about a half a million uh a year uh, over the last two years for a page builder now does that set some type of uh kind of discussion or, or maybe does it does it validate that there's there's room and movement there is this a stale business. It's hard to know without seeing kind of a, a, a bigger breakdown in their in their business analytics. But certainly that's interesting to say, hey, you know, we earned at least a million dollars over the last couple of years doing drag and drop page builder uh, work. Do we see uh, do we see this kind of be, uh, become something that, that continues to, to drive innovation in that area? Or do we do we just kind of build off of what the beavers doing here? Well, you know. I'm going to kind of go back to the beginning of the show when I was talking about uh, Sam Hotchkiss, and he was talking about how, you know, if you're going to put out a plugin that does something that another plugin already does. So Beaver Builder was not the first to the space, right? I mean, sure, you've got you've got uh, Visual Composer out there, and there's others out there, but they, uh, you know. His, what he was saying was that if you if you're going to put a plugin out there that does something that other plugins already do, you've got to do at least one thing better. Otherwise, what's the point? And I mean, obviously, Beaver Builder. I've used this. I've used it. I've used VC. I've used them both, and they they're both good in different uh, in different ways. And yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is just an amazing testament to you know I don't care how crowded you might think the plugin space is. Um, you know, a million dollars in revenue in just two years is is pretty sexy. That's some pretty solid growth, and uh, I mean, I think it speaks a lot to the uh, to the ecosystem of, of WordPress and what we've got to work with out there. So it's definitely an exciting time for uh, for plugin authors and beavers for sure. Yeah, I love and- it. I love it. I mean, this is I, I, I don't think this market's going away at all. I think it's probably even going to get bigger, um, mm-hmm. you know, because people are really looking for more advanced and flexible ways to power their websites. The idea of, you know, diving into the code is becoming less appealing. And I don't know if it ever really was that appealing, but it was like that was the option, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, you just do it and you, you know, open up your template file and do this and that. Right. And it's like, you know, the average user can't do that. Uh, we've actually been doing this quite a bit more at Web Dev Studios where we integrate some of these page builders mm-hmm. um, because we can give our clients some really, really unique designs with that kind of WordPress flexibility and um, UI that it's known for. So our clients can go in there and take these various kind of modules that we've developed for, you know, like Visual Composer and build yep. out various pages Without having to come back to us and hire us to do 10 templates, we can just build a couple modules and they can kind of reposition them however they want. Um, it gives them a lot of flexibility for a much lower cost, you know, lower integ- lower amount of integration. So um, We did that on Pluginize itself. Pluginize.com, the main page, is a Visual Composer page. And, yeah, it's uh, awesome. It's fantastic to have the ability to just, oh, I need a new block? Great. I throw in a row. I dropping a couple of uh, pieces of content and away you go and it's super yeah. easy and yeah why wouldn't i mean why wouldn't you go this direction it just seems absolutely yeah it makes natural. a lot of sense and i think the numbers are, are kind of validating that even more yeah. even more than maybe we realize because i i wouldn't have guessed they were pulling in that much on beaver Builder. they had a really great post around this um where they kind of laid out some of the numbers which these are really cool posts um they said they were inspired by you know pippin he always does this kind of end of the year thing mm-hmm. um some other companies have been releasing numbers so um it's neat to see that really happy for the team over there we should we need to get somebody on the show here jay we haven't had anyone from uh from beaver builder or the uh media what is it media lines the parent company um mm-hmm. get someone on a future episode that'd be pretty fun to talk to 
And if they're not available, I'll just fill in. So yeah, we got John here to talk about Beaver Builders. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah, they they have released some numbers. It'd be nice to have them on and uh, give maybe some deeper context into how all that's working, how they've grown it. Uh, be a, uh, certainly an interesting dialogue. Where'd the name um, come from? Like it's such a I would never yeah. think to name something Beaver Builder or use the word Beaver in anything that has to do with a a premium WordPress plugin, but it's like. It's working, right? Like, which is cool. So it's a weird, funny, unique name, and it's doing great, which is awesome. Yes, indeedy. Uh, speaking of numbers, the folks over at uh, Freemius have uh, put out a blog post, uh, and it's named, It's a Fact, Freemium WordPress Plugins Outlive Free Ones. And in the context of, of the blog post, they, they talk about, you know, freemium plugins versus completely, completely free, uh, regular, you know, out, free plugins, and how the numbers are showing that uh, through the freemium plugins in the repository, they're seeing a longer, longer life on these things. Do you guys, are you guys buying or selling this based on their analysis? I'm I think so. I mean, I can see it absolutely. I I know of a couple of plugins that I've released that. Way in the way back in the day, I've released plugins that uh, it's really easy to just release a plugin and then forget about it, mm-hmm. especially if it's not making you any money. Man, if there's upsells on those things, I'm probably going to be a bit more interested in uh, keeping the thing around. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with this. Yeah, definitely buying it. I mean, we just talked about two plugins that have free versions on .org with premium versions available, you know. Um, this is, I, I think it's great because even if you're not going to upgrade and pay for the premium, even if you don't know, need it, it you take comfort in knowing that there is a monetization strategy. Chances are the author or authors of the plugin are making some money on that premium, which is ultimately going to justify them keeping the free one. That's a great point. Uh, working and available, right? Because why wouldn't yep. they if they're making money and justifying it? Like you said, John, it's the easiest thing to throw up a plugin and forget about it. But if someone's relying on that plugin, um, now, you know, yeah, no, yeah, that's a great point. So, Absolutely. I mean, I just feel like when there's a premium angle to anything, then the free version is probably going to be a little bit crisper, a little bit more polished, because the premium one is directly relying on that free one as you know to to bring in those customers, to bring in those those views and those visitors. So. If the free one is crap, why would anyone ever upgrade and pay? You know, so I think we were having gonna... a conversation at San, uh, WordCamp San Diego, where we were talking about there was um, I can't even remember which plugin it was, but um, they had a pro version, but the pro version didn't have features that uh, that affected me, and I didn't I didn't necessarily need them, but the free version was so helpful to me that I actually paid for the. Uh, pro version just to kind of show my support for the awesome. for the company it just it was that good and it, it's that same thing you want that thing to be around hey i want you to know that this plugin is important to me uh keep doing what you're doing type thing so yeah absolutely i really like the numbers on this post too they have some graphs about freemium plugins per per year or added per year to uh wordpress.org mm-hmm. um and in 2015 and i'm not sure how they dug this up but in 2015 they're showing 729 plugins had a freemium uh you know model you know and they classify freemium as either having paid add-ons or a premium version or service available even if it's premium support so that's how they classify it. basically is there some kind of monetization strategy to this free plugin you know um, but yeah you definitely see the growth from 2007 all the way up to 2000 or 2015 and i think this is only going to get get higher i think we all know we've talked about this a lot on the show dre that uh, premium plugin space is still you know somewhat wide open i mean yeah there's a lot more out today than there were last year but in in my mind it's nothing like the theme market that is just overly saturated there's still a lot of opportunities out there uh and one of the reasons why pluginize exists right so there you go i can see it i can see it yeah the numbers make sense to me as well i think uh the the overarching point for me is is that uh that level of trust that's built uh, when you when you have uh, the notion that okay, they have a free one that maybe fits my needs, they have a paid one that fits other people's needs, and they're certainly still around. People are purchasing it. Um, maybe I choose even the, the free one over another free alternative that's out there that may not have that same backing. Um, I think that's a that's a very very well um, articulated point, and and likely has some type of impact on its uh, the life of that plugin. Now. Times are changing. 
Um, we've had discussions around WordPress and it becoming the web OS. It, it has continued to, uh, to change as we iterate and, and the way that we interact uh, with WordPress as a whole, as a platform, as a framework, uh, continues to adapt and people have find uh, newer and more intuitive ways to kind of interact with, with its tool sets. Uh, not so much in the traditional sense of having it um, as as a back-end content management system that you log into and, and you deal with data, but now you're able to integrate and use a lot of its capabilities by 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 other means with other uh, touch points. Now, this is happening in a lot of different ind industries uh, in terms of how people interact with that industry using using technology. One that uh, was recently written about in on TechCrunch is what's called the restaurant operating system so you're a techie and a foodie you're having dinner and your phone buzzes to let you know you can pay for the meal you're enjoying right from the app it's then where you realize there's something really going on in the restaurant tech right i think this is uh really uh prevalent in other industries as well um one i'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about how how overall our our interaction in these huge markets are changing with technology as a whole and maybe how do we map that back to the opportunities that we're starting to open up with WordPress to maybe become that platform or that set of tools that can grow within each one of these markets. I think if there's one thing we could probably all agree on, it's that restaurants are way behind in terms of website presence, you know, integration. Yeah, probably owned by the same know. assholes that make freaking uh, uh, car like uh, uh, dealership websites. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like it's just it's unless it's a, a generally speaking a larger restaurant, a chain, and even those are are usually terrible. Pretty bad. They're almost always behind the times now. The nice thing is they're they're catching up a little bit. I, I I've noticed over the years, OpenTable is much more integrated. Um, you know, on almost every restaurant we try to go to, if we check, it's usually a you know OpenTable. They're using it, which is nice, right? But by and large, <laughs> restaurants are so far behind technology. Like it's amazing they even take credit cards at most of these places. It feels like sometimes. Well, I was going to say for, for the most part, when you go to a uh, restaurant's website and you go to get their menu, they want you to download a PDF. It's always like a PDF. Just, always. Still destroys me. <laughs> when you that. view it online, it's usually in Flash. I mean, there's uh, that. God, yeah. they're so terrible. But I mean, I, I mean, just this article is really interesting because it talks about hey, like you're, you know, like the restaurant would know, like oh, you've just eaten, you know, you've you were served your main dish 15, 20 minutes ago. It could ping you on your phone and say, hey, it looks like you're wrapping up. Do you want to go ahead and, and settle up right through your phone? You know, it could just hit you up as you're sitting there like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, you that's of, pretty neat. I immediately think of uh, the next step on that, too. Hey, I see that you're just about to finish dinner. You know, uh, uh, the new Star Wars movie starts in uh, 45 minutes across uh, the street. You have time. You want me to get you two tickets for that? And, yeah, that's, yeah. that's after and, they upsell you a cheesecake yeah. for 10%. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. For an extra yeah. five bucks, we'll wrap a cheesecake you can put it in your pocket, right? <laughs> exactly. I would love – I've been using um, kind of related but uh, a takeout experience, Grubhub, a lot lately, um, mm -hmm. especially since we've, we've got the new baby. We've noticed we've been getting takeout a little bit more often than usual, which I probably need to cut back on. But Grubhub is just a great experience for ordering takeout. And, and or delivery takeout and delivery you know um so it's literally you know it's i got the whole menu on there any any um restaurant that's signed up for it they have the whole menu you click on there you order your stuff you add in sides whatever boom 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 they have all the buttons for tips click it go like everything's done like paid for whatever food just shows up you know what i mean um and it's just a really nice experience and a lot it seems like not all the restaurants that do takeout or delivery around here do it but a lot of them are starting to get on it um, and it's a, it's cool to see them start understanding like, Hey, technology is super important in our industry. Um, and we need to embrace it because the easier they make it for us to pay them, give them money, get what we want, the more likely we are to do it. You know what I mean? I hate, like, if you really want to get me going after I've had a few drinks, ask me about places that only take cash. Cause I hate places that only take cash. In fact, I won't go to them. Like I'll boycott them unless I absolutely have to for some reason. I just it's such an archaic thing to say we only take cash because of the credit card charges and blah blah blah. Like it's just the dumbest argument in the world to me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's such an inconvenience and I hate places that only take cash. Save well, that for another show. That means, 
I guess that means that we're not going to um, uh, the burger joint down. So heart attack grill because they only take cash. Yeah. They only take that's cash. So well, come on, man. That's uh, the vodka milkshakes. That shit trumps like the cash uh, scenario any, any day of the week. Then a you know, pack of uh, the unfiltered cigarettes. Uh, oh, unfilter oh, lucky strikes. That's uh, <laughs> Nothing goes down smoother after a triple bypass and a unfiltered lucky strike. When you start looking at like this restaurant OS thing, I mean, this uh, again, when we talk about WordPress and moving into uh, just kind of new niches and new ways that we can kind of use WordPress as a CMS, like, again, I'm going to just go right back to what we've talked about. I think we probably talked about it on the last episode, the REST API. I like the ability an application where WordPress itself is kind of storing all the data and doing all of the, you know, login, logout, security type stuff for your data, but then having a new front end that is super specific to a restaurant or to a law firm or to, I don't care what, like you pick an industry, there is going to be ways to make a interface that is super focused on exactly what they need mm-hmm. and doesn't just give them this is the thing it's it's not just about helping the restaurant get what they need you're talking about the restaurant's clients and yep. that's who I'm that's who you're really helping in the in the end is you're giving the restaurants the way to make it the best experience possible for their customers that's what so I'm- uh, funny enough I used to own a domain named bar tricks uh, but it was bar tricks at the end of it was uh, CS instead of C, uh, CKS, so metrics for bars. And the idea, the concept initially was to figure out a gamified way to gather um, uh, con- um, uh, the, the, the food and the drinks that were being consumed by clients so that the bar owners, restaurant owners had a way to um, to document that data and have metrics as to what was most consumed. So they had purchase opportunities right from this game. Where you're, um, you know, you're you're obviously talking to to all of the the, the patrons in a way that they, they consume more and and giving them the ability to network with folks and such like that. So I think that this is obviously a, a better you know kind of um, uh, direction and and really builds on that premise of of having a clean uh, experience for folks and, and helps uh, the the owners as well as the patrons all in one. This is good stuff. I- yeah, so with that, let's go ahead and move on to this week's Bar Tricks. Let me show you a bar trick. Dad. Ooh, yeah. Bar Tricks. I got a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, Here we go. <laughs> and I'm just going to say if the kitties aren't in bed, you might want to put them in bed because it's about to get a little not safe for work here. So there's a new REST API available. And it is the F O A A S, which stands for "fuck off as a service." So, this is the <laughs> API we've all been waiting for. You can go to foaas.com. Um, they break down what's in the latest version, how you can interact with the API, API, and all the different endpoints you can punch in here. Um, which my favorite is if you go to foaas.com/slash/donut, then you can put in someone's name, so slash donut slash Dre, and then slash Brad. It will put together a nice little response about, you know, something to do with the donut (laughs) and what Dre should do with it. Uh, it, It's pretty hilarious. Like, they have all these examples on here, and you can literally pass in different people's names, um, and it will give you a simple response. You can also just do it right in the web browser. Um, It's it's pretty funny. you got to go foaas.com. I was a little sad when I tried to replace donut with bacon and it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> no bacon so, point yet. There's a lot. Fascinating is one. Cool field sure. nugget. Yoda. Oh man, diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Try it uh, yeah, There's no bacon donuts would have been even better. Oh, it's uh, it's pretty. Well, what nice. do you got going on there, John? What is my bar trick? So, podcasting. I just drove back and forth from Phoenix and uh, Phoenix. How about San Diego? Phoenix earlier this month. Uh, startup podcast. Have you guys checked out the startup podcast? No, I have not. It is solid. So they're on season three. Um, startup 
is a podcast by this company called Gimlet Media, and what they did in the first season was uh, it's the guys from like uh, This American Life and other kind of big podcasts, and they wanted to create a uh, podcast network, basically, where they would start generating a whole bunch of shows, not just the one show. And um, as they did it, they started this podcast called Startup and basically documented the entire process of them going through trying to raise money, starting a company, getting this stuff off the ground. And it was really, really a cool season. And season two, they actually took a look at another company. And in season three, which is why I bring it up, is season three just started and it's uh what they're doing is they're talking to other companies who are kind of at uh pivotal points in their in their life cycle so it's maybe they're they've tried a whole bunch of different things and you know they've pivoted four different four different times some stuff works some stuff doesn't but they're, they're talking a whole bunch about the like what people are doing at, at that that dire moment when they've got to do something or else they could potentially lose their company and um it's it's a really cool show and uh i'm i'm absolutely hooked on that podcast so if you haven't checked out podcast uh startup podcast it's worth it and then gimlet they've got like four other shows as well um awesome or boring surprisingly awesome is one of them um reply all there's a bunch so give that a shot yeah i've not heard of yeah that. It's over good. gimletmedia.com slash show slash startup. There you go. Love it. Awesome. So uh, either one of you heard of uh, some small application that might be used to talk to other people, even with video across the world, named Skype? I mean, have you ever heard of them? Uh, well, Skype. Uh, we might yeah, be using it right now. And oh, we yeah. might, oh, that. Yeah. Might be using it right now. In fact, owned by Microsoft, and um, they, they have this new uh, product called Skype TX, Tango X-Ray. It's a studio-grade hardware for the broadcast industry, and, and it features a peerless integration with Skype. In other words, Skype TX is powerful hardware and software for professionals in live broadcasting situations. From a, from a business perspective, a little bit more professional than the shit that we're doing here on the Dragcast. That's for damn sure. Cool thing is, though, uh, and this is, yes, my, my third shameless plug of the week, is that uh, Skype and the, the, the kind folks at Microsoft came to WebDev Studios and wanted to work up the website for Skype TX um, uh, with uh, us at WebDev. So we recently, um, recent as last week, launched a smaller website for them um, at uh, media.skype.com. And I'm super stoked about it because it's it's just an awesome, um, awesome project. We use a, a bunch of the tools that we use uh, at, at WebDev Studios, uh, including plugins like the Visual Composer stuff that we were talking about earlier. Uh, but th the neat thing is we put out a blog post today. We announced it last week. They announced it last week. Really excited for the launch. But Greg Rickaby, one of our design uh, front-end leads, who's just brilliant, the guy's uh, super awesome in all that he does, uh, put together a, 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 a wrap-up post on uh, the webdevstudios.com blog breaking down kind of the designs and how we work that whole angle with them and their branding uh, requirements, how we chose kind of the starter foundation, which we, we use WD underscore. Uh, it's an offshoot of uh, the underscores uh, theme framework um, to, to build this on. The plugins that we used, again, Visual Composer. The intricacies in terms of the architecture and how we integrated uh, different components into the hero section, which is pretty cool uh, across the site and how folks interact with uh, maybe learning more about the product or even playing videos. Uh, but all together, the, the whole breakdown of the, of, um, of, the, of the project, and I'll tell you, super, super cool, uh, I think, analysis on how it all came together, how we meet accessibility requirements and stuff. So go check it out. If you get a chance, head over to webdevstudios.com slash blog. Um, and thanks to the entire team, uh, uh, Greg uh, and everybody else who worked on this because it was just a super cool uh, project in a really tight uh, timeline. Um, and Skype and, and uh, the entire team over there was super excited about the release, so uh, kudos to the entire uh, entire team. That is my uh, my breakdown. I tell you what, this show hauled ass. We are coming to a close. Word pass, John. You number five, Johnny Five, come alive. Here we go. What, where <laughs> where do people find you, brother? Pretty much Vegas Geek, anything on the web. So VegasGeek.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's about it. Either that or just here at my house. Come on over. 
<laughs> oh man, thanks again for coming on board. I knew it would go fast. I said it right before the show. Like anytime we're on the air, uh, the shows seem way too short. Brad, where can folks find you, bro? You can find me at Vegas, Vegas Geek pretty much anywhere. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. It's Williams BA pretty much anywhere, except for Instagram because I wasn't quick enough. So I'm Williams BAA. Ah, <laughs> Williams ah. BAA. Yeah, and I'm uh, Vegas Geek for the Rad and Drad. I'm the Doctor. Thanks for joining us on episode 96 with no other than John Hawkins. Deuces. Word Beaver. Pass. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit DradCast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at DradCast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the DradCast.